What in the hell's diversity? <clears throat> well, I, I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. actually have an awesome guest calling in today. Yeah. We have the SummerSlam champion, part one. Um, Justin, Justin Ritchie. Justin Ritchie yeah. calling in. And it was great with him because, let me get this back up. Oh, yeah. There we go. There's the nice logo. Um, so it, it was great watching him this year. He, I mean, he was. He was first time. First timer. First time Again. angler. Again. 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 So, you know. That gets me pumped up. I think all of of 2019 Uh was pretty much first time guys fishing the tournament first time guys and then nelly always and yeah i mean you're gonna have you're gonna have your 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 guys on stage like nelly and rob every tournament right but i mean to see these new guys come on and i mean really kick some butt uh justin came in very first tournament SummerSlam won uh, caught a monster blackfin tuna. Mm-hmm. What'd that weigh in at? Do you remember? Uh, his total weight was like 40, 42, 43 pounds. Total? Okay. I think the, I think the tuna itself was probably in the 20s. Because he won the tuna division off that He tuna. won the tuna yeah. division, and then uh, I believe he had a, like a small king to just kind of wash it down, which is, which is what you need. Yeah. And to see him kind of roll in and, and out of nowhere, you know, get on stage, and you got people going like, who is this guy? Right. And really good guy, too. I mean, he, he was um, – I think he should be calling in any minute. See, this is the problem with this logo thing. Uh. I got to use my um, my thingy-majigger, uh, my program. But, yeah, he, okay, he's not calling in yet. But we'll just leave this up for now. Yeah, that's fine. And, you know, to see him, to see uh, uh, the SummerSlam champion altogether, um, Sean Rolls. Yeah. Okay, then you see, and that was his first time. I had a couple time. beers with him Sunday. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we went okay. to the He's a good guy. 26 Degrees Brewery over here. Nice. Yeah, it was a good time. They had a Jamaican food truck out there whipping up some jerk pork and chicken. It was fantastic. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and then we had Mark, Mark Peterson. Uh-huh. He won part two. And he's fished our tournaments for years, but it was cool seeing him, I mean, first time getting on stage. I mean, yeah. this guy's been working his tail off, just, just really... Um, I mean, kudos to all these guys to to get on stage to win the money, and uh, and we got Justin calling in right now. So Is let's, he now? yeah, look at there, man. What's going on? How's it going, <laughs> brother? That was, uh, that was we were getting a little nervous there for a second. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretending well, like yeah, I knew how to uh, use the software. Jupiter was passing Mars. It got a little weird. Yeah. So uh, listen, man. I know you got a short amount of time. Uh, we did a quick intro for you, but um, hey, we appreciate you calling in. And let's just dive right into this. What was your experience in the SummerSlam one, being a first-time winner and angler of the tournament series, and uh, and tell us all about it, and uh, and also about the future and what you're looking for for 2020. So, uh, I'd say over the past ten years of doing tournaments, um. You know, I, I've been able to travel and do a lot of crazy things. I fished in Amsterdam. I fished all over Florida, the Carolinas, um, all out of a kayak, inshore, offshore. You know, I've done offshore fishing just for fun for the past few years and spent a lot of time going for blackfin tuna. Right. I did not. I, I didn't have any expectations for this extreme tournament other than to just go out, give it my best, and go for tuna. 
Um, I had no clue that the day was going to happen the way that it did. Um, pre-fishing the day before was was milch. You know, we were, oh, we wow. were begging for a bite. Tuna King, it, you know, it, it didn't matter. Conditions were beautiful right. you know, for the day before and the day of. But um, I guess what I was just thinking going into it is kind of how I approached every tournament on the inshore side, and that is the idea that, you know, I, when I go fish, if I want to be successful, I think that success is preparation plus luck. And since only preparation is within my control, I'm going to over-obsess about it. I'm going to tie more stinger rigs than I need, make sure my knots are perfect, that I use the right leader, I got the right color jigs. You know, I, I just over-obsessed about it so that, you know, when that when you gave that countdown and we all took off, I was in game mode. Like, I... I I blacked out until I got to the first area and got, you know, two kingfish within pretty quick order. I think I had two kings in the boat within an hour of fishing. Yeah, so, see, that's great. Um, and they were hot that day. Yeah, and you were gunning, but you were gunning for tuna, right? Yeah, that's like, that's what I love to do, man. I live in Orlando, and, uh, you know, from April through May, June, July, pretty much the whole summer season, I am coming down with one goal, and that's tuna. Right. Um, you know, a couple friends, you know, guys from Orlando, like Ed Ratnam from way back when, and then Bobby Buzaki, who's going to school in Orlando, they taught me a ton on how to tuna fish down there. And I fell in love with it. I mean, that was just what I wanted to do. I said, if I could go out and get a big tuna today and nothing else, that's a win for me. So actually winning the whole thing was like that's a huge plus i i I'm, did not expect that what what's interesting is is that you know you were talking about bobby uh for people that don't know bobby's been fishing our tournaments for forever since uh, he was a he little, was one of the little first kid. guys i met in the bahamas right so um awesome so he, he's definitely a veteran of the series but what's interesting about what you said was gunning for tuna uh that's actually what bobby did as well and bobby ended up oh, catching yeah. a monster tuna that i say might have been a record I don't know if you've seen the pictures of this thing. I saw him walk by with it. It was a monster. Oh, yeah. it was, monster. Yeah. It was pushing 30, man. It was, it was Definitely. 30. I, I would say that fish was 30 pounds, and I, it got sharked, unfortunately, so yeah. the fish didn't count. But I just thought that was interesting that you both went out. You know, you had a, um, you know, you, you wanted to go out there, catch the tuna fish. You, you accomplished that plan, both yeah. of you. That's important. Okay, you got your tuna. Unfortunately, he got sharked, but, and then you end up winning the thing. And executing the plan that you put forth—that's—that's that's that's awesome. So, so let me ask you, Justin: Was he feeding the shark while you were reeling in your tuna? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Let's just say <laughs> everybody on the water that day heard the cry of Bobby Buzak. Yeah. It was like the shot heard around the world, man. Right. Mm-hmm. He was heartbroken. Yeah. I mean, that guy lives for tuna the way we do, and you know, he, he just—he had a different technique, different approach to fishing that day. And, uh, you know, given the variables of where he was, the sharks were definitely part of that. And um, it just didn't pan out. But, you know, but that's, that's what happens, man. I mean, this time of the yeah. year, you're either, you know, you're finding your big tuna, you're probably going to be near sharks. It could have happened to anybody. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. And, you know, you, like, getting on stage, right, and winning this thing, what was that feeling like? Like, coming back to the beach, uh I don't know if you knew where you were kind of at in the standings. A lot of people talk, you know, so I'm sure yeah. you're hearing something. Well, fish are bigger when they're caught on the water. Of course. Once they hit land, they, they shrink a little bit. Of course. Yeah. So what was it like when you got to shore and, you know, you brought the fish to the scale? 
So I, you know, that, that hype and that, that butterflies in the stomach, to be completely honest, it didn't really hit me at first. I knew that I had good fish, but I didn't really have a good scope of whether I was, you know, in the top five or, you know, top three. I, I mean, people were saying a lot of things, but, you know, it's tradition to just give people a lot of crap during tournaments and hype everybody up and give falsified information until the actual numbers are drawn. So I just kind of let it go in one year and out the other, and I said, hey, you know, if I got great fish, I got great fish. If not, whatever, I got a solid tuna. You know, and what's funny is I actually had plans for keeping that tuna. I didn't know what the weigh-in process looked like because this was my first uh, extreme tournament. Sure. And I caught the tuna, and I bled it, and I kept it on two pound, two bags of ice. I was like, all right, sweet. You know, weigh it in, put it in the cooler. I got tuna for the night. And, you know, I came in. I get on the beach, and everyone's like, Justin, let me see that tuna. And I hold it up, and they go, oh, man, that's a – wait a second. Did you bleed it? And I said, yeah, yeah, I, I, I bled it. And everybody on the beach was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my I said, God. Well, I said, you know, I said, I said, well, the tournament rules said that they need to be in, you know, in edible condition when you bring them into weigh-in. I said, who in the world's not going to bleed a tuna? <laughs> and everybody's just face, face palming, like, oh, oh my God. They're, and people are like, they're like, dude, if you lose this tournament by one and a half pounds, I'm gonna have no. I'm gonna have no mercy on you. You definitely took um, that rule so to the extreme. Yeah, my friend. that's for sure. <laughs> Doesn't need yeah. to be prepped for eating. Yeah, right. I mean, I, you know, I've been that's funny. For less. Uh, I'm a particular when it comes to the rules. I yeah, could, I can um, picture you landing it and eating sushi off your kayak from the fish. Like, yeah. oh, this is oh, okay, sweet, edible condition. Mm. Wow. All right, so you got yeah, to the yeah, beach. It's like, well, I mean. I only yeah I only ate half a pound of a tuna. It's not right. that much of a difference. <laughs> yeah, you get hungry out uh, so there. Got you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I when I got up on stage, uh, you know, and realizing when I got first, it didn't really hit me at first. It was like, all right, cool. I mean, the the hype set in as the day went on and the night went on, and then twenty four hours later, forty eight hours later. I'm really starting to realize the magnitude of what that meant. Right. In the moment, there's just so much going on. You know, it's you've got crazy loud music. You've got champagne bottles exploding. You've got, um, you've got beautiful women on stage. <laughs> I'm happily married, but my gosh, that's a. I mean, it was so much fun, man. Yeah. There was so it was it was such a rush. You know that like it, it just it came and went. There were people asking questions about what did you catch it on and where were you and we want to you know we want to. Um, talk about your day in this this tabloid in this article and it was overwhelming yeah that in the aftermath when i had a chance to really take a look at it i realized this is a it's it's a once in a lifetime accomplishment you know people come from all over the nation and the world sometimes to compete in this series of tournaments so to take first place amongst some of the greatest offshore kayak fishermen in the nation uh is a is a huge honor and I'm I'm looking back on it now, and I'm just smiling, you know, because I, I didn't. <laughs> I'm I'm from humble beginnings, man. I, you know, just like everybody else, didn't. You know, I'm not a not a uh, seasoned, you know, veteran of ten years offshore kayak fishing. This is all relatively new to me. I just don't have a limit, <laughs> you know. I'll be that guy to stay out an extra hour or two, go out in rough conditions, you know, um, right. for, for a three and a half hour drive down there when I fish. I try to make it all worth it. Well, I, I would also say that 
you are a seasoned fisherman, though. The kayak is just the tool, right, to, to help you get these fish. But that's the beauty of where our yeah. tournament series has has changed, where in the beginning, in the first years of doing this, we had kayakers, right, that were learning how to fish. Right. Now we have fishermen that are learning how to kayak. And you still have that. Sure. I, I, when I was at Nautical, I had to stay after a couple of days to teach guys that just bought yeah. kayaks how to tie knots. Yeah. I mean, they... they Brand brand new to fishing. Sure, wow. sure. So it's a good uh, mix. Yeah, I mean it, it. It's just a different way to get on the water. You don't have to deal with fuel and oil and all this stuff. You, you know that comes along with boat ownership. You right. can just throw in the water. Let's go. go. Right, right. And then you you won this thing, and now, I mean, after the fact, you know, what's your plans? I mean, for 2020 coming up, you saw the schedule coming out. We got. The uh, Sailfish Smackdown coming in January 18th and 19th, um, you know, now that that's in with the Summer Slam uh -huh. for weight points, right. um, what's, your, what's your game plan for that? And, and you know, what you got some predictions? What do you think is going to happen? So, so Sailfish is going to be a little bit of a crapshoot. I've never caught a sail out of the kayak. Um, I've caught a few boat side. Uh, just just as as bycatch, you know, with, without ever intending to targeting sales. Right. Um, so you know, I I really am not sure what I'm getting into. I have a rough game plan in mind of what I what I want to do for in terms of rigging and trying to get a competitive edge with some of my gear. Because if any of you guys know me, I'm a gear nut. I'm very very particular about you know matching the right reel the right rod the perfect you know type of braid the right amount of top shot monofilament um you know my stinger rigs that goes I, back uh, to what you're saying about preparation you know, i mean that's key especially offshore everything. kayak fishing exactly and i know that sailfish is very much right place right time but i think that there's going to be a huge factor in staying connected to your fish you know, we're not going to be running wire stingers out there. It's not going to be as easy of a hookup with some of these fish. So I think a key is going to be a matter of making sure you stay connected to your fish. And exactly. having yeah. faulty equipment is going to be a game changer for people out there on the water if they're not prepared for the event. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to be making sure my knots are snelled perfectly. I've got the right size hook with matched to the right size bait. Um, and I'm going to be covering a lot of water, man. As, as much water as I can cover that day until my legs fall off and I'm paddling back in, um, you know, and keep my baits alive as frisky as I can up on top. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it, man. I think that, uh, it's going to be, a you know, it's going to be an exploration kind of day. He who covers the most amount of water is probably going to have the best chance of getting multiple fish hookups. Yeah, I, you know, I think the key to that tournament, I think we've learned this through the, through the years, is two things, and, and you've touched on both of them. One is your gear, your connections, okay? I think every tournament we lose at least five to seven to eight sailfish, yeah. which is frustrating enough. Oh, yeah. And that's frustrating for the angler, not just me. Oh, yeah. Because you hear him on the radio, up, oh, hooked up, yeah. oh, crap, it, yeah. it jumped, it came off, you know? I mean, you, we hear that so many and times. And something special about catching a billfish from a kayak. Of course, you know? you know? But the second most important thing of that tournament is depth. Hmm. So guys like uh, Austin Collins, and uh, he was a winner of that tournament, and guys like Benny, yeah. Benny Sosa, he, he, he has a record. Yeah, I mean, killed he, it. With four, 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 yeah. four landed sailfish, he would have had five. One of them jumped it. Oh, so he had oh a record God. four That's sailfish insane. to win it. 
It's insane. Yeah. But guess what these guys did? They found a depth and stayed in that depth. Yeah. And it's a two-day tournament. They went back to that depth and stayed on that line and just kept putting out baits, yeah. putting out baits, you know, uh, uh, putting, a, putting a gog halfway down, putting a gog, um, you know, a quarter down, yeah. you know, testing where you're going to put them, how you're going to put them out, letting out a shotgun, um, playing with your baits, making sure, you know, you reel them in every, you know, 10 to 15 to 20 minutes to see that your baits aren't tangled or that they're, you know, not skipping in the, under the water or, you know, you got to make sure your baits are swimming perfectly yeah. for that tournament because I'll, I'll tell you another thing about sailfish they'll you know and, and this is proven on camera they'll see baits right and they, and if they see one bait that's not swimming right or that's kind of off usually they go around it and they just uh, keep really? attacking the the healthier baits yeah i mean well that's they're like wild. it's like a cat with like a, a light right sure it, it gets them all fired up you know when they start running it just, they just want to catch it and no matter even if they're not hungry they just want to get it yeah you know and um, I, I just think that's yeah. that's that's what's really important about fishing this tournament. And and I can't say it enough. You guys have to have good knots. We should have a show, maybe just talking about knots and the uh. different kind of knots and how it'll, it'll help you um, catch these sailfish. Because sure. you know you got to come tight and you got to stay tight. You know I see it all the time. These guys yeah. hook up on the water and especially the out of state guys. And then it usually it's a choppier tournament, right? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So so they're riding up up yeah. and down in the water on their kayak. And what happens is when they're riding down, their lines going slack a little mm -hmm. bit, and that's how the fish comes off. You got to keep it tight the whole time and keep it in front of you. Um, so I mean that's 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 the stuff that I've noticed through the years watching it on the boats, yeah. being a judge on the water. Um, so yeah, I mean a little tip for you guys. Find your depth and stay in that depth and work that depth. If you get a sailfish, you better mark it instantly yeah. where you hooked up that sailfish. Not where you landed it or where you're fighting it. Right when you hook up, you got to have the calmness to mark it and, and say, okay, huh? I'm in this depth. I'm fighting a fish right now. He's, he's on. I'm going to keep it tight. I'm going to land her. Okay, but I'm going to stay calm because he's got a lot of people flip out too. Well, especially right at the beginning when they're going crazy on top of the water. Of course, you're going to you know, flip it's, out. It's, it's right? easy to get, especially on a kayak. Things get hectic real quick. Sure, they're trying they're, to get the you radio. Got multiple lines out, yeah, and it's just going around everything. Right. Yeah. That's that's the it's, beauty of it. It's that's a why I love fire it. Drill. That's why I love it because it just things get crazy real quick. Yeah. Yeah. And and again with that tournament, that's new winners every year too. Yeah. I mean, every year it's a yeah. new winner. You know, you never know. Guys from Oklahoma, guys from Texas, guys from, you know, even guys from South Africa fished it. I mean, it's, it's, you just never know what's going to happen. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Justin, I, you know, we're really excited uh, to have you part of the series. It was great having you join in this year. Um, and you're also a part of Star Rod, right? One of our, one of our new sponsors. Yeah. Um, I'm with, uh, I'm with Star Rods and we're really, really, honored to be able to support this event it's a it's a, a line of rods that i've personally used in my professional endeavors for the past five or six years and i've been fishing with star recreationally for over 10 um and now that i have a chance to get my hands on all the different products and see how perfect a lot of series we have are for you know the types of fishing that we do offshore out of pompano and dania and boynton and everywhere sure um you know coming into sailfish season you know, everyone's going to want a little bit different technique, kind of what you were talking about. Do you want to have a shotgun bait out way, way back behind your kayak? 
Do you want to have a bait down on a downrigger or with a three or a four ounce weight, just 40, 50 feet down for that deeper bite? Do you want to have a soft tip rod? Do you want to have a shorter rod? You know, there's there's over 200 skews with star to get the right rod so that you have the right tool for the job. You know, it's not always, you, know, you might not need a 5 sixteenths wrench. You know, you might need an 8 millimeter. You, you know, you need you need what you need, especially when it comes to, you know, a, a check that size on the line and that type of glory. You want to make sure you have all your bases covered. Right. And that's so a, that's a good really point. I'm really happy to, to always be present, to talk product and show people things that they might have never even seen before and say, oh, my God, that's perfect. I need, I need to have that in my lineup to get ready for the tournaments. You know, and that, I'm, I'm just – we're really happy to be a part of it, man. There's a lot of things we can talk about and go down the rabbit hole, but when we get closer to that captain's meeting – if anybody you know needs anything beforehand, I'll have all different types of product on hand to make sure you get your last minute grab to get geared up. Awesome! And what you know, out of those star rods, I think you mentioned there were some new ones um, that you guys are coming out with. Can you talk about any of those? Maybe that might be effective for the Sailfish Smackdown. For the Sailfish Smackdown, um, you've got two options that I think are good things to consider. Uh, one is the series of sequence rods, which came out in about uh, iCast. I think that's probably the time everybody started seeing a few of them in shops here and there. Gotcha. The sequence series of rods, probably about $150 retail. We have a 7'2 conventional setup, uh, conventional rod that's a 15 to 30 pound, very lightweight. It's got some ergonomic grips to it, and uh, it's got a nice light tip, so it's a great just do everything flatline rod for conventional. Um, there's a great spinning option, too, that's a 7-foot, 2-inch, 15 to 40-pound. It's got just the right amount of backbone, but it's got a really soft tip. So it's great for great for sails, great for kingfish. You know, and that's a, that's a good price point rod with some nice features. It's got tangle-free Fuji K-guides on it, which is on the higher-end series of rods. Nice. So yeah. We're bringing it down to a more moderate price point. But for those of you guys that are really looking for something different, um, that it's definitely something I'm going to be having on the water during the day of the tournament. It's a handcrafted rod. Um, it's about $100, and this is considered, it's called the KFHC, or the Kingfish Handcrafted, but it's actually a great crossover rod for sales. This one that I'm using is actually a 7'6", and most guys might not think about using a rod over 7' foot for sales, but there's a lot of advantages to that. Shotgunning a bait way out in the back, you know, getting that rod tip over the front of your kayak when that sail swims underneath your kayak. Yeah. Um, yep. Get some good premium features on the real seat. I mean, it's a it was a custom rod made about two years ago that we added to the lineup for the tournament kingfish guys, but it's a great crossover for sales. So I'll make sure we have a couple of those for people to see. Those are kind of hard rods to come by, um, but it might mean the difference between getting that hookup on a shy fish. Sure. It's way back Absolutely. behind you. They might not want to get up close. Yeah, no, I I can't wait to see them, man, and um and and they're they're more stiff than than medium heavy, right? Because I I always like the stiffer ones for tournaments. You know, get the fish in, you know, not playing around. Um, they're they're like what are yeah, they? Yeah, it's the yeah the the balance will be you have ju- you have the right amount of backbone. It is they're both stiff series of rods. Okay, both cool. The sequence and that handcrafted rod I'm talking about. Um, the difference is you're going to have a light tip, but it's not going to be too light of a tip. You know, you're not going to be noodling your fish. You're going to be 
you know, getting that umph to get them in next to the boat quickly, but not too stiff to where you jump them off when they're shaking. Gotcha. So it is a little bit of a balance. Okay. Well, that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's a good point. It's all about balance. <sighs> that's what they say, sir. Yeah, that's nice. what they say. All right, Justin. Listen, man. I know. Uh, I know you got a seminar coming up, and and you got to go here. Um, but I just want to say, man. You know, it's always a pleasure to have you on this show, um, and you know, to talk about you know basically extreme kayak fishing and how you fished it and how you won and just being a part of it, man. I just, you know, I appreciate everything you do. Yeah, thanks a ton for coming on, Justin. Hey, I love doing it, guys. I I appreciate you having me on board, and uh, you know we'll, we'll catch up soon. I'll get down there. We'll get some fishing done. All right. Yeah, and we got to get you in the studio, man. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm, yeah, let us know I'm when down. you're coming to we'll town. For some closer to the holidays, I'm ready. All right, cool, man. And you know, I gave Justin a, a little secret, you Uh-oh. know, peacock spot. Uh oh. And how good did you do with that spot, Justin? Oh, zilch, zilch, nothing, man. Nada. I couldn't see. I he couldn't, didn't believe me. I'm like, what? So I, I, I showed Sean Rolls where to go. Yeah, I don't know if know. y'all saw his pictures yesterday. No. He got our spot. Yeah, he got a large. No, 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 no. Oh, on the Ida where the tournament. Oh, is. Ida. Okay. He got a clown knife. He got a large mouth. He got a sunshine, and he got a peacock. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right, let's let's not rub it in. Let's not rub it in. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll provide let's you with the same information on. if you want to fish Ida sometime. Yeah, well, let's, listen, we got to go out. Let's let's, yeah. let's see what happens in April. Let's see what happens okay. at the exotic roundup. Who knows? Sean may knock it out of the park. Sean may choke. Yeah. Guess, if you hear me out, Sean, I love you, <laughs> but I'm coming for you. Uh oh, call I'm out. Coming for you. I'm just saying. Letting them know. I love it. Yeah. Sweet competition, yeah. man. I got yeah. a roll, guys. All but, right, uh, thanks. Thanks a lot. Hey, anytime. Thank you all. I'll talk to you later. All right. All see right. you, brother. Take care, Justin. Take, take care. Bye. Awesome, man. Yeah. What a fun guy. No, he's a, he's a really good guy. I'm going to check out that star rod. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. Um, yeah. He said 100 bucks. Yeah. That's. that's and I, I love the point he touched on with the, uh, the little bit longer rod. I actually use eight foot rods on the kayak and for that specific reason i can reach around the bow sure. i can reach over my other rods right and i can dip it deep if they go under so it clears the pedal drive and everything yeah so that and you know that's a little tip that maybe not everyone knows about fishing a kayak if that fish dives into your kayak oh. dip your rod in that water as far as you can right that way it'll clear everything underneath you that's the mirage drive drives me crazy when that happens man. i've seen fins cut off uh. i've seen uh when my buddy and I drove down here, Richard Gary, to uh, fish one of your Summer Slams, right? I don't, I don't remember if it was a pre-fishing day. Yeah, it was pre-fishing. He had a monster wahoo on. Oh god! And man, it made that one last dive right <laughs> through his freaking Mirage Drive, <laughs> cut it crazy. off. Man, yeah, that was a rough one. I all I saw was it half the tail sticking above the water, and it was huge. It was huge. It was massive. I had Fred literally jump into the water, because he's not catching fish anyway. Yeah. When I had my bull mahi, my the monster uh, one, yeah, yeah. I said, Fred, fucking jump in the water and fucking get them right. Like, I don't know what you need to do, but uh, do oh, it. Oh, it was wrapped up? It was wrapped, and it didn't, and, it, and, and, and I was using stayed. braid, thank God, because uh. the braid was kind of just tangling. It wasn't, it wasn't sure. popping yet. Yeah. Um, and then Fred di- literally dived off his kayak. He had goggles with him and got it off. And I ended up still fighting the fish and I ended up landing him. Those are the if best ones. Yeah, if I didn't have Fred with me though, I, I, I would have lost it. I took a newbie out with me and, uh, he hooked up to his first King. Right. And three quarters of the way through the fight, I just see his rod go. And I was like, oh, you lost it, man. You lost it. And like, I look, I look. 
And then I noticed he has one of those uh, Sieglers, the SGs. Yeah. That's got the lever on it, the lever drag. Right. He had knocked it back. And this was a new guy to fishing oh that didn't God. realize what that exactly that controls. Well, now he knows. Well, he pushed it forward. Caught, oh, yeah. Caught the king. Really? Yeah. Shit. That was why his line went limp. He actually knocked the knocked the lever all the way down, oh. and uh, free spool. Yeah, See, but we got it in, and he ended up getting line wrapped in his rudder. So I had to jump in the friggin' water and yeah. clear that up. You know how many times that happened? And, and that was on one of Freddie's kayaks, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's always Fred. <laughs> yeah, right? it was on a stealth. Yeah, oh. yeah. The guy's a hardcore paddler, so he wanted to try one out. I'll, I'll tell you what. Like, and, and the thing is, too, like with with the Mirage drives, they're great. It's 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 not a knock. No, it's just, I love, that's what I use. I love them. Right. It's just, it always ends up happening where if, if they get tangled around that drive, I mean, if you don't have somebody with you, yeah. you're in trouble. Yeah, sure. So I, I, a lot of people don't realize this. There's a little bungee right in front of your seat with a hook on it. That's so you can pull one of the legs of the drive back and hook it. And now the fins are up against the hole of the, of the kayak. Right. They redesigned all that, right? Yeah. So, I, I, that's been around for a little while. But okay. that's one solution. And so now your fins are up, out of the way. Right. There's still a slight chance of it getting wrapped, but definitely not as big. Or pop pop the fins out while you're fighting the fish. A lot of, a lot of people do that. that. I've done that before as well. Or I just push forward with one leg so it keeps them propped up. Sure, sure. Yeah, there's there's ways around it. You just it, it again. It's you have to have that that wherewithal to know to do that at that time. Like you were saying, you know, hit track when you when you hook up to that sail. Oh fish. my god, yeah, that's so you important. Know, it's all these little things that you have to do on a kayak just to better your chances sure and that's you know that's i think why a lot of people are getting into it and you know love it especially the offshore where things, sure things get crazy well and that's another thing is being calm yeah keeping your cool is so important and that comes with again like justin said preparation right and it comes with experience I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you're looking for more content on Raw H2O, you can go to our YouTube page and just look up Extreme Kayak Fishing TV, or you can find us on Instagram, Extreme Kayak Fishing. Thanks, guys.